Well, if you were with us uh, this Advent season, starting back at the end of November, and for four weeks, I did a series entitled, When Heaven Came Down, and that series is available uh, still. If those of you uh, are still in the Advent and Christmas season spirit, and you missed some of that, uh, you're welcome to find that uh, on our YouTube channel, and... um, and of course, uh, today we'll be uh, live streaming as we have been for quite some time now to those that uh, cannot be with us in person for various reasons. And, uh, but we are glad you are here as part of our congregation, uh, whether you're here with us uh, in, in the flesh or virtually, uh, we uh, are, are, are thankful to the Lord. And uh, hopefully today, as we continue on in the Christmas season, by the way, remember, it's a season, it's a continual Merry Christmas to you all. And uh, we're going to be talking about the gift that keeps on giving. There is a gift that keeps on giving. Uh, And we're going to be looking at that here this morning. Um, Our scripture reading comes from Luke's Gospel, chapter 1. Verses 26 through 38. And I would invite you to follow along with the screen or in your Bibles or on your uh, tablets or whatever you have, your phone, uh, and it is there on the screen for your convenience. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And therefore the child to be born will be called holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is the word of the Lord. May God add the blessing to the reading and the hearing of it. Let us pray. Father, thank you 
for your gift, for the gift you gave to Mary that keeps on giving. Father, we thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ, the gift of all gifts. And help us today to take in more and more of the implications of the incarnation. Father, in the scripture that we have read, and now in these times that we consider it together. And we pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Well, Christmas time is a time when many of us look forward to a lot of good food. Yes, yes, some of us do, maybe more than we should. But there's other things we look forward to. And of course, one of those things is receiving and giving gifts. Remember, the scriptures tell us it's more blessed to give than to receive. But we sure like both if we can. We like to give and we like to receive. And uh, the blessing just goes with the giving, (laughs) not the receiving, although that can be fun uh, and can be enjoyable as well. Um, But, you know, the giving and receiving the, the giving, receiving part is really a lot about when we're younger. You know, that's, that's, that's a beautiful thing and a wonderful thing. But as we get a little bit older, and some of us have done that, got a little bit older, we find a lot more joy in the giving than in the receiving. Uh, whether it's for our children or, or whoever, uh, seeing how and blessing others with our gift. And our God is that way, uh, as we're going to see today. And um, I, I recall uh, my children uh, many years ago uh, on a Christmas morning, and we had that particular morning, I think it was kind of the Star Wars era and, and the second, second wave of Star Wars, I should say, not back in the 70s, but in the, in the 90s, um, late 90s. Uh, but uh, my kids got a couple of lightsabers for them, and, and uh, they were just, yeah, I remember my son said, this is the best Christmas ever, and he just thought that was just fantastic. But watching the joy on our children's faces as they received a gift that meant a lot uh, to them. And today I want us to think about the wonderful gifts that were given that first Christmas long ago. Now, obviously, as we're going to see, there was a gift given to Mary. But there was also another gift that was so much more significant than that and continues to be the gift of all gifts. And so that's our outline today. Her gift, his gift. And of course, the his I'm talking about is our Lord Jesus Christ, heaven's best gift. So let's look at the text, you've heard me read it, and you'll see as, I, as we kind of unfold that, what Mary was encountering uh, in that visit from the angel. Uh, we might not think uh, of this in this way, but Mary received a very unexpected gift, to say the least, um, for Christmas. Uh, in verse 30 through 32, listen again, and the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb 
and bear a son, and you shall call him, his name Jesus. Now, Mary was not expecting to become pregnant with the Son of God. She was not expected in any way to be in that position because she was a virgin. She knew that. She knew that was the circumstance, but she also knew that how in the world can this be? She, she literally asked, how can it be since I'm a virgin? Mary, though, even though she received this extraordinary gift, she was a very ordinary girl. We tend to elevate her, some traditions more so than they probably should. Although her, her place and role is special in God's purpose and plan, she was an ordinary Jewish woman, possibly somewhere as maybe as young as 14 or 15 years old. Could have been older, but she would have been a young woman with very ordinary plans and very ordinary dreams like getting married to Joseph. But she was perplexed and wondered what all this meant when this angel visited her and was telling her she is going to bring birth to the Son of the Most High. You know, you can always tell when God's about to break into your life and do something uh, when things get real unsettled and real confused. Uh, when things get kind of sideways, when things all of a sudden you break into your very plain, ordinary, normal life, and everything's going like you hope it will go, and then all of a sudden something comes out of the blue and disturbs, rocks your world. Maybe it's a call from the doctor asking you to come back in for another, some additional blood work, or maybe it's something like uh, your temp begins to spike uh, at a very inopportune time uh, in the midst of holiday planning and things like that. Or maybe your boss calls you in uh, and, and she or, or he says to, to you, um, can you come into my office? Uh, we've got some things we've got, we've got to discuss. And you don't know what that means. Maybe it's a raise. Maybe you're getting fired. You don't know. But the point is when these things happen, they throw us. They throw us off, off kilter. These things are often, though, when God works. Not when we're running down the normal lanes of life. When we're, we're in a state of normalcy, we tend to forget God and a lot of things that we should remember. But when some kind of trial, some kind of circumstance falls upon us, and we find ourselves confused, dazed and confused, perplexed, we need to realize that's probably God is somehow has something for us to learn, something to reveal to us, something to show us about what he's like and what he plans for us. And it won't always be what we plan for us. Remember, we've talked about that many times. We love our own plans, a wonderful plan for our life. We love that. God has a wonderful plan for those who love him, Romans 8, 28. Uh, but that plan does not always go according to our plans. And that was Mary, what she was feeling. Uh, 
uh, how, what she had heard from the angels. And, and so she asked this question. She says, how, how is this possible? How can this be? How can, because I've, I'm a virgin. I've never been with a man. How in the world can I bear the Son of God? She was more than perplexed at this point. She was terrified. Because no doubt, she probably was having a lot of things going on and knew her culture. She knew the time in which she lived. She knew the circumstance. And she knew that this kind of thing wasn't going to be met with, oh, that's wonderful news, Mary. Come on in, let's, let's throw a shower for you. She knew that she might more likely get stoned. Having broken Clearly, here she is pregnant, and she's not married. She is terrified. And often, the second step when God is breaking into our lives is not what we would like to see coming our way. Is this what it means to find favor with God, she probably wondered. You know, the angel said, you found favor with God. She says, really? She's probably thinking, how in the world is this good? She was thinking, maybe, great, my family and friends are going to disown me, or worse, as I implied a while ago. Single parenthood was not a cool thing then. And she knew that even worse things could happen. At this point, she figured out that if she receives this, quote, gift, this gift from God, things are not going to go according to plan. She's going to be in a very different place. Not going to be in Kansas anymore. Now, there's a big difference, though, we need to remember about Mary and about Zacharias. You remember the story of Zacharias? And with Elizabeth, and he basically said, yeah, right, yeah, when pigs fly, uh, uh, yeah, uh, that'll happen. Elizabeth and I will have a son of significance. That's very different. Mary was perplexed. She was uncertain. But she was not cynical. That's what Zacharias was. Mary was simply trying to understand. She, God understands doubt. Some of his greatest examples, apostles, knew all about that. We have one who bears that name, Doubting Thomas. But Zacharias was more like I'm not just here with doubt or or wondering how can this be. Prove it to me. Prove it to me. Yeah, right. We're going to have a... If you bothered looking at the two of us, no way. Kind of Abrahamic, isn't it? The problem of cynicism. Then the angel tells her in response to her perplexity, in verses 35 and 37. And what does he, listen to what, how, how he says, the angel answered her, 
the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. Amazingly, Mary says yes. She puts out her hands to receive the gift, metaphorically. Yes, I don't understand this. I don't know how this can be, but I will be the servant of the Lord. And she makes that great, one of the greatest statements in the Bible in verse 38. When it says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. She basically says, I'm here. Whatever. Do with me as, as you wish. And that, that leads to another way that when God begins to step into our lives and begins to work in ways that may not be anticipated by us or expected in any way, it kind of goes, as I've said, from perplexity to fear, but then to a yes, or at least a maybe. We're beginning to recognize, okay, God is doing something different, but he's in control, and he's my God, and I trust him. So in a time of, of divine interruption, we need to look at the gift that God may be giving us. You know, if, if you've got a friend that's going through disruption in their life or through circumstances and hardship, or it's you yourself or somebody in your family, remember, don't, don't go and preach them a sermon. Tell them, you know, buckle up, you know, straighten up, get out there, you know, uh, don't, don't waver. No, the best advice probably is to sit with them and listen. But encourage them. Encourage them that God's got a purpose. If they're his, he's got a purpose, and he'll fulfill that. Maybe not in the way that we expect. Now, this first part is we could call her gift, Mary's gift. But again, that gift was given to her to bear the Son of God. And indeed, that is a great gift. And yet she received that, though perplexed with faith, and she becomes an example for all to what it means to walk in faith. But there's another gift here. There's her gift, which we've talked about. There's also his gift. You see, we considered how hard it was for Mary to receive God's plan. That was no easy task. We've, we've gone over that. But that is nothing compared to what Jesus embraced in order to bring the gift of salvation to you and me. Because he was from heaven. 
He was in the beginning with the Father, and he enjoyed the fellowship of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit forever from for all time because he always was. And that fellowship and that beautiful harmony that he had known for so long on that night 2,000 years ago when he became one of us, that would lead down a path of such sorrow and such pain and suffering and it was not just what he suffered in his body on the cross it was what he suffered in his own soul as forsaken and forgotten the cost of that gift of Jesus himself the gift of gifts that cost was so so much greater The cost of such a redemption. That is the gift that I'm referring to. God giving his own, heaven's best to us to be our gift and to take away our sin. It's not just a gift that was something that we can enjoy or beautify our life with, but the very thing we needed to take away our sins and atone for our sins so that we can be forgiven and be with God forever. Most of you are familiar with the hymn. Uh, I, I guess it's a hymn, maybe it's a carol. I'm not, I'm not sure, but it doesn't matter the, the name of it. But you know it, Mary, Did You Know? And um, you know, Pentatonics has a nice version of that, and there's a lot of other versions. I've been around for a long time. Uh, but if you think through the words of that particularly, there's a very important line in there that says this the child talking to Mary the child that you delivered Jesus in the incarnation 2,000 years ago on the plains of Bethlehem the child that you delivered Mary shall soon deliver you you see that's the gospel the child that you delivered, you, you had a hand in that. You played a significant part. But it's not about you, Mary. Because though you received a great gift, you brought into the world the greatest gift, but ultimately you need the gift of forgiveness. Even though you brought in the Messiah, you need to be cleansed of your sin. Like every other man, woman, and boy, and girl that ever has walked on this planet since the Garden of Eden in the fall. The child that you delivered shall soon deliver you. You see, it's redemption. It's forgiveness that we sinners so desperately need. Brian Chapel is the name of um, a pastor in the PCA. Uh, by the way, this congregation is a congr- uh, member congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America. And Brian uh, is a uh, former uh, president of Covenant Seminary. Also, he is the current stated clerk 
of uh, the PCA. And when he was in the pastorate uh, for a number of years, uh, just this past week, I came across a story uh, that he was telling, and I, I really thought it, it would really, really, uh, really fit here. Um, and um, he tells a heartbreaking story of in, in this pastorate that he was in. It was late one evening, and um, he was nestled, snuggled down, comfortable, and everything in his home. And then all of a sudden, there was a knock at the door. And he thought, looked at his clock, it was, it was pretty late. And he went to the door, and he realized there were two uniform officers standing there. And they said, uh, are you uh, Reverend Chaplain? Chapel? And he said, yes, I am. And he said, sir, we're sorry to report that one of your parishioners, one of your members, has been killed in an automobile accident by a drunk driver. And we need you to go with us to the home. And, of course, Brian got his stuff, went, went with them to the officers, and then he says one of the hardest nights of his life having to try to break that news uh, to his members about the death of their uh, very young, like some 19-year-old daughter, something, something along those lines. And he said, though hard as that was, this family, they were believers in Christ. And they knew the forgiveness of God and their own lives. And he said that the parents, despite their devastation, as time went on, a few months later, they happened to be in the drugstore and they ran across the young man that had killed their daughter. He was getting ready to await trial uh, for his crime and the parents walked over to him and said, we want you to know that we forgive you. We forgive you then they said, if you trust in Jesus, you can be forgiven all of your sins. Not just what you did to our daughter. You see, what were they trying to do? They were giving him the gift, pointing him to the gift of Jesus who takes away the sin of the world. You see, what they were giving was the gospel as it's expressed in Titus 4, or 3, 4 through 5. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us not because of works by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. Mercy speaks by Jesus' blood. Hear and sing, ye sons of God. Justice satisfied, indeed, now has full atonement made. You see, as we have been forgiven, we forgive. Those parents did that that night. And Brian said it reminded him again. It taught him 
the, the gospel in a new and a fresh way. We who have been forgiven so much, how can we not forgive? We have received the greatest gift. God's best gift. The gift of gifts in our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus' birth in this Christmas is a Christmas gift that actually opens you and me. We think about Christmas gifts as something we open. No, the gift of Jesus opens us, changes us from the inside out, makes us into something we were not as we walk in the light as he's in the light. Jesus' birth is the gift that actually opens up our hearts so that we can forgive even great transgressions. You see, Christmas is about the gift that God the Father has given Mary and by extension to all of us who believe in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ for us. It's so simply and eloquently stated in that Probably best known of all Bible verses, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What a gift. What a gift. You see, that gives new meaning to the phrase, the gift that keeps on giving. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Amen. Let's pray. Father, oh Lord, how we thank you for the gift. Father, we thank you for Mary's role in bringing that gift to us. Father, we thank you though for the Holy Spirit's role also in bringing us to embrace that Savior who opens the door of life and immortality through his resurrection and through accomplishing our forgiveness so that we can be with you forever. Father, again today I pray that, Lord, even when things are in our life that are discouraging and frightening to us, give us Courage, even if it's not what we were expecting, give us courage in this Christmas time and help us not cling so tightly to ordinary things and miss the importance of the greatest gift that has ever been given and ever can be given. And we can have that free without money and without cost. Father, help us. Help those within the sound of my voice that do not yet know his forgiveness. Let this be the day of salvation and forgiveness. Help them to believe and trust in the Son of God who loved us. Father, I pray this now in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.